Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we worked and the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. Hey, Hunbots and Hunbros, how are you doing? Uh, I have a little special surprise. Today is part one of a two-part episode. The only reason I broke it up is because it was like over three and a half hours of audio, and I didn't think anybody wanted to sit through like a Scorsese-length episode of MLMT. I found a decent break in the story, and I made it two parts. So the second part you will hear on Wednesday. You only have to wait a couple days, not a whole week. Uh, But part two will come out on Wednesday. So make sure you're subscribed or following uh, so you don't miss that. But this story is, it's wild, you guys. It's probably like top five most intense MLM-like, are you sure you didn't make this up kind of stories. And it is with Andrew and Will Thompson. They were with Paparazzi. So this was a story that happened a little over a year ago, um, and uh, Andrew and Will called me when this was happening in real time, and they finally said, hey, we're ready to tell the story of what happened that night and everything that's happened since, and, um, you know, we're just ready to tell our story, and so we want to come on the show, and I was like, absolutely, and they are so fun, (laughs) and so uh, the episode just kept going and going and going. There's even more wild antics on the Patreon. If this episode sparks your interest and you're like, I need to hear more, there's more. (laughs) There's always more with these two. Just a really fun episode. And we talk about a lot of things. And yes, there is definitely a very obvious comedic streak through the entire episode. But we talk about a lot of heavy things like faith manipulation and alcoholism and COVID and death, and uh, revenge porn. So I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot. And (laughs) I know you guys are like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? Yeah, it's wild. Like I said, so this episode and Wednesday's episode is the whole story. All of it is on Patreon. They don't have to wait. It's all there for them. So if you've been thinking that you want to try out the Patreon or get a little bit of bonus content, this might be the episode to jump in. And with that, I want to say welcome to our new Patreon members, Amanda Rosen and Maddie Caffiero. I hope I said that right. Thank you all for your support. It really is just amazing, and I I really appreciate it very much. So like I said, uh, I want you to enjoy this episode. I gave you the content warnings, and now I'm going to give you a little update because I just got back from going to Missouri with Michelle, and it was really fun. Uh... Michelle and I are working on a passion project, so me going to Kansas City to visit was already in the works, and when I heard about the I Got Out meetup, which was in St. Louis, which is not that far from Kansas City, and a writing to reckon workshop to take, I just, I knew that I wanted to go visit. I've got some intense wanderlust right now, you guys, and I just knew I wanted to visit, and it just, it felt like the perfect timing. So even though I don't get to go to the event that I Got Out is hosting in October, because I'm doing another event, stay tuned, details to come. Um, I am still involved in the planning. So stay tuned for more information on that. 
As that comes up, if you have an I Got Out story that you'd like to tell, you will have the opportunity uh, perhaps to do that. So stay tuned on that. But yeah, so Michelle and I drove to St. Louis and there's never a dull moment (laughs) when when her and I are together. Uh, and so while we were there, we decided to drive into a tornado accidentally. And there's, there's a couple of videos on my Instagram. And you know, like I said, there's never a dull moment. I've already hiked and camped in rain and snow this year. Why not add driving into a tornado to that list as well? You know, whatever. Uh, it just it was really, really fun. We had a great time. We got to meet Lisa and Jarrett of I Got Out, along with um, a couple other actually like listeners of the show and people who like recognized my name. At least I was like, oh, my gosh, this is really cool. So hi to all of my new friends that I met at the I Got Out meetup uh, and we'll be hearing some of their stories soon, I hope. You know, we'll see. We'll see. And then we also got to have the most amazing opportunity to go visit not only a friend, but a guest that had been on the show, Jessica Hickson. She lives just outside of St. Louis. And so we were actually she invited us to stay and we stayed. and It was really great. It was so nice to finally meet Jess and just have a really, really cool time. It has been a really wonderful experience getting to meet people that I have met through this podcast and through this advocacy. I've met so many this year and it's only April and I just know there are so many more to meet this year as well. It is a goal of mine. I'm just so ecstatic about how great everybody has been and what a wonderful experience just meeting people has been. It has been really great for healing and closure and, you know, just laughing and crying and hugging it out. You know, survivor to survivor. It's just... It's been wonderful. And I just want to say thank you again. None of this would be possible if you guys didn't listen and support the show and my advocacy and activism by following and liking and all of the things that you do. So I just, I know I say it all the time, but thank you. I love you guys. You're amazing. Love bombing, love bombing. You're the best ever. (laughs) Just Before I end it really quick, I am, like I said, wanderlust. I am heading back out to go camping. I'm going out camping. Uh, I leave in the morning and I'm going for a little longer for four days. I am literally just unplugging for the entire weekend. I'm just, I'm just going and I'm going back out to where there is no Wi-Fi, and I'm going to drink river water again and I'm going to camp. And luckily the weather is beautiful and I probably won't have to use my rain fly and I can sleep under the stars if I want to. I think it's going to be beautiful. It is sort of like the quote unquote official start of hiker season because, you know, the weather, <laughs> the weather has normalized and uh, and all of the people who are not nearly as brave are sort of starting the big PCT hike now. And the campsite that we camp at and Trail Angel at is usually between three and five days on the trail, depending how how many miles you walk. This is actually the campsite that I've been to a couple times really just because it's the only thing that's open right now because of snow. But it's also the campsite that I was at when I left to go get my LuLaRoe inventory. So it's like, it's a full circle. I know that I've been back a couple times since, but I was trail angeling for this weekend. It's called Feed the Herd when I left. Like, it's just, it's, it's a big sort of full circle moment. And I'm just going to go out and 
kind of unplug. I think I'm still going to work a little bit because I really just, I love editing this show. (laughs) So I might, I'm very excited to not only be a part of trail angeling and meeting new people, we're expecting like three to 400 people. So not even just like getting to meet new people and experience that, but just, you know, connecting and, uh, and having the freedom to be able to do stuff like this. It's just, it's, it's wonderful. And, you know, again, thank you. So enjoy this episode, part one. Again, part two comes out on Wednesday. And uh, I'll be back next week with a camping trip update. Have a great week. I'll see you next time. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. We have a special episode today. We are talking with Andrew and Will. It's kind of like a juicy story, but I think it's a story that needs to be told. We're going to be talking about bullying and fair gaming and what recovery from that looks like. So welcome to the show, Andrew and Will. Hi, how are you? We're great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. So for everybody listening, Andrew is going to be the one that's talking the most. They are uh, working right now. They have a business. And so Will is sort of bouncing around in the background doing work. So he's going to pop in here or there if necessary. But for the most part, it's going to be Andrew. I just didn't want to leave Will out because he's an important part of this story. Well, when we get to that part, I want you to be over here with me. I don't like I don't like doing all the talking. Yeah, he'll have to take a work break when it's time for his part. I can't listen to myself on recordings. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) He's like one to play it back. And I'm like, well, can you cut it off when it gets to the part where I'm talking? I hate my talking voice. It sounds so weird in recordings. (laughs) I love your voice and I love your singing voice. And it was always so fun when you guys were going live and you would sing. I'd put it on during the pandemic and like just listen it was just I loved it it was so much fun we actually just did it the other night on a show I haven't done it in a long time because we've been really busy and it's like by the time we even have time to go live at all I just don't have that time or the energy and I'm like I just can't put on a show right now (laughs) but we did the other night for like because it had been a long time and we're finally home we've been traveling so much so it was good it was fun it maybe brought me back to my roots because that's where we really started you know that was always an aspect as we would get on and sing and perform and in the middle of showing items and whatnot and so yeah so for everybody who have never seen you or heard your story, please start from the beginning. Tell us who you are and MLM you were part of, and and let's get into this story. Well, I'm Andrew Thompson. Fun fact, also a registered respiratory therapist. I've maintained those credentials and license since, but I haven't worked as one since 2018 or 19. Kind of retired from that. This whole story, like about my main experience, isn't the first MLM I've ever been in. Back when I was in high school, and I was listening to you tell Will earlier before we started recording that, uh, what is it, Avon, it wasn't an MLM until 2005. I didn't know that, but I was, I signed up to sell that through a lady when I was in high school. And of course, I sold like two or three things to like the lunchroom ladies. I didn't have like any success with that. And I just got bored with it and quit doing it. I've done Rodan and Fields briefly probably circa 2015, 16, somewhere in there. That was a big, ridiculously expensive flop. That is probably the only ones before that. Oh, no, I was in Octavia. Um, Oh, yeah. But that was around the same time as paparazzi kind of not really like huge success thing. Like I quickly realized like 
okay, this one is ridiculously overpriced. Food is a starvation diet because we did it and we lost a lot of weight. Like I lost like 55 pounds, but you know what they don't really tell you is like, I maintained that. And so is Will. He lost like 20 pounds and we've maintained our weight for a year and a half just on healthier eating habits and cutting out alcohol. We were doing it right around the time we started realizing, I don't like this, any of this MLM, this is just bad all the way around. Like, and they're all the same, like when you really get to the core of it. So that was the last one. They, we've been offered bridge deals to other companies that I won't, I won't mention names, but there's one that has some basically magic strip uh, that you put on your tongue, like a Listerine pocket pack. Hmm. Another one was some kind of vitamin supplement company with the new thing, collagen, you know, all of that. And then come to find out, we found that lab, lab tests for some friends of ours that were doing that, they had shown that they had elevated cholesterol levels. Um, and the only thing they'd done differently was taking too much collagen. <laughs> and oh, so wow. I, I don't know, you know, I just don't want any association with anything that could be sketchy or causing problems that they're supposed to be preventing. And so anyway, we, we obviously turned those down. Like we had them come, I think there was one other company. I can't remember for sure if it was two or three, but we're, you know, we're going to put you right at the top. David told us like, you know, you won't have to do any work. We'll build a team under you. We'll, you know, cause they wanted, all we had to do was basically promote it because they wanted to use our platform to get the word out. And then they would just plant people under us who would do all the work basically is what it sounded like. I mean, as tempting as that was, because, you know, if uh, we got in paparazzi at a really good time at the time, but if, and it's like, oh, you can make so much money. But to me, I've come to look at that and my husband too, very much so as blood money and oh, yeah. we didn't want it. So we turned all of that down. And as if you look at our social media, you'll see there's not a mention of anything MLM related, unless it's something like this, where we're trying to educate and bring awareness about it. No, I, I had no idea that you guys were in so many MLMs previous that were that you were, and that I didn't know about the bridge contracts either. That's interesting yeah, right. because in MLM, they will deny the existence of bridge contracts. Those aren't real. People don't do that. But I've talked to so many people who have been offered bridge contracts and I actually have bridge contracts in my email as well from other MLMs. So I know they exist. So it's always fun to hear somebody bring them up. <laughs> unprompted and be like, yeah, oh. they, don't, they don't call it a bridge contract. We'd like to offer you a bridge contract. Or they say this new opportunity, it's always an opportunity and it's going to be the best thing. Like you can get in right now. It's the best time you'll, you'll get rich so fast and da, 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 da. I'm just like, well, as much as that sounds lovely, I just don't think so. Um, I'm, I'm good. We're doing pretty good anyways. And I'd rather not get rich off of the losses of thousands of people unsuspecting beneath me that are just trying to get to a livable point of wages. And they, I know they're, the majority of them are going to not get there. That was a big no-go. But yeah, I've done them before and they were always brief, um, fleeting. My main, I guess my, uh, my fairy tale going wrong was with paparazzi accessories. So where do I begin? I'm like, outline. Let's start this. at the beginning. Like, how did you even hear about paparazzi and how did you get in? So I started doing it with my ex, who I'm not even going to mention a name. I was working as a respiratory therapist in the hospital and 
the only one that really had an income to support a household. I kept seeing these little charges here and there for like Terry's paparazzi or some, there was some, you know, generic name that was coming up. I forgot what it was. And I was like, what, what are these charges on here? And so it was where he had been supporting this girl that we knew who would ultimately become our upline. Uh, he'd been watching her on Facebook and buying things, little bracelets and things here and there. Next thing I know, she's talking to us about, y'all should totally get in and join. It's the perfect time. You know, this is an opportunity. And right off the bat, after having done like Rodan and Fields, at the time I had never done Octavia or been offered anything, you know, I wasn't nobody in the MLM world. I was just kind of like, and this is where I'm like, if your audience could see my face, I'm like, this be sounding like one of them pyramid schemes, like, like you know, or, or, or uh, direct sales. I don't think I even knew the term as pyramid scheme at the time, but I, I was like, oh, this is one of those direct sales things where I see these people obnoxiously posting all over social media every day about, oh, my shampoo is so amazing, or blah blah blah. <laughs> right. I was the one making a, a living. I need. To, I wanted to know where it was going to be spent if it was even a thing we were going to do. And I'm like, let me take to Google and Google. And I Googled paparazzi accessories, negative, you know, because I, I look at the, I, we've seen the positive. They, they very blatantly throw that all over in your face. But I wanted to see what the other side was. And I Googled it. And this was in maybe March still or so of 2018. And I didn't find a single thing. So I was like, well, all right, it's just $99. I'm like, and to me, even at the time, I was like, $99, that's a lot. I had to work like four hours to make that. But but it was like, well, it's 99 bucks. And it, she's like, it's the perfect time. You can build a team. Y'all have, which I had, <laughs> a lot of people on your social media, you could, you could be the first guys in the company, really. You know, that was a whole thing. Like there were... There were, I guess there probably were guys because Taylor Kirby is the, one of the owner's brother. He's Trent Kirby's brother. So he's okay. been there since the beginning, but at the time, nobody really even knew who he was and didn't, he wasn't very active in it. He was doing it with his wife before that he's divorced from now, I guess. Well, not, I guess I know because he told me himself, but that's so weird thinking of all the people you used to be really close to before this. The point is nobody had shot to the elite ranks except females in that company because it's a jewelry selling company so there right. was no, no men that were well known in the company and i mean taylor kirby if he was like nepotism hello <laughs> but <laughs> i mean come on anyway so i was like well okay let's do it i didn't ever really want to be involved on camera front face and center position of something like that i was always kind of like nervous and anxious and you know it's kind of funny that my husband and I now end up like we're on our both of us all the time and it's become second nature but then I was very like shy and reserved and didn't really want to I was always thinking what are these people thinking because all you can see on Facebook is a number you, and you don't know what they're thinking you get nervous if the number's too low you get num nervous if the number's too high and right. you know you you get panicky so I wanted to just handle the back end of it the logistics the shipping the customer messaging the you know creating a business page uh having a system of invoicing how do we 
get all the mailers and the shipping stuff and how do we do xyz and learning all of that stuff that ended up being the case i ended up you know being on as kind of the i say i jokingly say the train seal because i would come out when he needed like a bathroom break or something and sing to the audience Oh, okay and maybe show some jewelry while i'm doing it or i would do like music trivia and i would sing a few bars of a song and ha- whoever could guess what song it was and who did it first they would win a free piece of jewelry and oh, so that that's, was that's yeah, fun. a little side show you know but back to when we joined we're like well whatever okay we'll do it and so he is to be the face of it and he comes on and I was very skeptical I'll admit I was very skeptical that it would really be anything and at the time I didn't I just knew I hadn't found success in anything like that previously but I'd never really promoted it publicly either because I was innately shy and also kind of embarrassed like I don't want to be one of those annoying people that's always posting shit on social media bugging people like hey would you like to try my products blah blah blah, blah. you know I just didn't I find it obnoxious and I didn't want to be one of those people that's constantly doing that like we get it you're a boss babe you know like <laughs> yes. what I'm a business owner whatever um I'm like yeah yeah Karen I got it he gets on you know he had no social media like two or three hundred friends that were some that that were from his hometown but a lot that knew me and I had my Facebook since 2009 so at the time sharing a video still really helped get viewers on now it doesn't really matter you know like that doesn't do anything people share videos nobody ever sees them the algorithms kind of just as far as that goes I shared it I had like you know all my family get on there and and friends and I'm like listen because I'm I'm a really supportive you know I was then I want this to you know he's really wanting to do good with this and I want this to be successful so I need all y'all like I remember my friend Ellen she was like I'll get I'll get on I'll share it you know that'll help on it I'm like yeah sure totally I'm sure it will you know just go share it it's five dollar jewelry who wouldn't want to watch and so everybody's on sharing and I'll never forget that first live it got it got up like I'm like okay there's like nine people on here okay 15 all right and I want to say it peaked at like either I have two numbers in my head 15 or 27 there's somewhere in there like not you know, I was like, well, that's not too bad, you know, and we right away had learned from watching other people to ask them to share and uh, we give away a prize to somebody who had shared and that one prize ended up later becoming 10 people win 10 pieces each for sharing every night because we had a shitload of jewelry laying around the place and we needed to get rid of it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, I was, was going to be one of the questions is uh, and I know this, but the stuff you're giving away, like you purchase that the company doesn't give that to you to, for giveaways. You're purchasing that with your own money. It could be, but like we bought so much, um, when it got to that volume, we were like what you call black diamond life of the party. That was the highest life of the party, which is a rank you buy effectively. It only solely goes on how much jewelry you've purchased. If you reach a certain volume, you're bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, black diamond. So black diamond was as high as you could be at the time. Now they've since made pink diamond and empire diamond, you know, so now that's the new black diamond. I mean, which is a ridiculous amount of jewelry. I thought it was ridiculous then because black diamond was 75,000 PB, which was 35,000 pieces of jewelry purchase wow. you know, put it the fiscal paparazzi year so and, in a year though not like lifetime oh in a year from june oh to june God. june to june yeah and we hit that you know multiple years in a row 
And then now that they made Pink Diamond, they double it each time. Pink Diamond was 150,000 PV, which is 75,000 pieces of jewelry. Then Empire Diamond, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty positive it was 300,000 PV, which is 150,000 pieces of jewelry. So as far as the giveaways, for every 10 pieces, you got one free piece called a hostess reward that's meant to reward hostesses of parties because paparazzi was built on home parties you know facebook live came out in 2015 or 16 before that it was just as good as avon the only way you're going to sell this stuff is to get into people's houses and have a party and so you had hostesses and hostess rewards those are kind of a moot point now because you nobody does that nobody does home parties and all of that nonsense they all do it on social media since Facebook Live happened, that's been the case. So, but when you're Black Diamond, every 10 pieces you buy, you either got double or triple hostess rewards. So you would get, and when you're buying hundreds of pieces or thousands, God, who, who knows? Because I, I remember we would buy like 200 of one bracelet, 200. When you buy that much, you know, we would get shitloads of hostess rewards in every, every time we ordered, okay. which, which was Monday through Friday you know constantly wow every day new releases but we're getting ahead of ourselves let's see back to there so we're doing that and we had like you know good amount of viewers and we're like okay so now we got to learn how to invoice let's get square out and let's figure out how to do that we had everybody inbox us their email and shipping address and that was another one of my fun tasks as we blew up was every morning i would get up and go through and get every single person's email and shipping address and name and key them into Square. Now they do like, if they don't have comments sold or a system or Shopify or something, you know, that they use, they, a lot of them use Postable where they can, the people can go in and put it in there and you still have to copy it over to Square or some kind of billing software. But it was so tedious, especially when we grew. It was driving me nuts because I would get up every morning and I remember still exactly the chair that I don't have anymore that I and where it was sitting. And I would plant myself there with coffee and it would take hours when we got really successful because it was like hundreds of people sending their information. And I'm like, oh, and they had all ordered stuff like I'm like, please don't send your information unless you place the order, because I'm literally spending like six hours in the morning putting in all these names and answering. Oh, the endless messages. My God. Oh, my God. Do you remember like the height, like what the record was, like how many people that you did in like one day orders or keying information in or any of it? probably upper 200s I mean in one day because by the end of the week we would have gone live three days in a row or either three times a week Monday Tuesday and Thursday there were different times but by the end of the thing before we quit using a bin system and actually we're like we're getting too busy for this to have to manually invoice and keep up with all this crap. We would do it that way. You know, everybody had a bin. We had got to the point where we had 550, 600 bins by the end of the week when it was time to count an invoice. We heard about comments sold, which is what we use now that we've got our mobile app, our website, inventory management, everything through for our business now. But we'd heard about that. And I was at first really iffy about using anything because I'm like, I don't know. I just don't do well with change. I don't like change. Uh, but I've come to find it's good now in my wisdom, in my older years. At the time, I was like a little hesitant, but I was like, finally, like, OK, let's pull the trigger because this is killing me. Like they need to be able to just go in there, put their, you know, make an account, put it in their own cart check it out. I mean, because it's already enough 
just filling these orders, let alone the countless hours spent billing them and keeping up with enough, all the shipping supplies and the labels and the, I mean, it's a just a huge, huge mess and headache. And for, for a freaking 45% at best case scenario profit margin, it was just seemed hardly worth it. How long did it take you guys to turn paparazzi into your full-time income? We started like that 27 mark or 15, 27 viewers. Well, it became more and more every time. Because like I said, we were the first men, I think, that really kind of took off. I don't know how to say this. Like we were not bad looking. We were two gay guys. Every all, A lot of women love gay guys. So we were, I think, the first of that kind to ever attempt to that company. And so we, as we went, I mean, at a few shows in, we were already hitting. I was like, there are 99 viewers on here. Are you seeing this shit? When I talk about you get nervous if there's too few because you're like, oh, my God, nobody likes me. Nobody's watching. And then you get nervous because you're like, oh, my God, there's like 100 viewers on here. That quickly happened. And 100 became two, became three. We got to a point where it was five, six, seven hundred people watching every time we went live. We actually officially joined in April in that whole timeline of him buying jewelry. By May, we actually started working it and doing it. And that was 2018. So he pretty quickly quit working his little part-time job at a dance studio. I quit working at all as a respiratory therapist by September, I think, of 2019. June, July, August, September. A year and four months. I'm almost positive it's when I quit because I was doing travel jobs as a respiratory therapist. I was doing contracts and like I would leave, go down to Tallahassee, Tallahassee Memorial. I did a contract there. So I would go and work there for three nights in a row, usually nights, and then come right back home and stay here home for three or four days and do it like that. That's what I started doing because I was at Fort Walton Beach originally. And that was until right around the same time I started doing contracts before paparazzi because it was like, this is so much more money. My God, that was before COVID. And even then I was like, I can go and, and be gone for three days and be bringing home like three or four grand a week. Like that's not bad. If you're quitting a job where you're making $4,000 a week, which is pretty decent money because mm-hmm. paparazzi is surpassing that. Like that's, that's big time. You have thousands of people on your lives. You're, you're buying thousands of pieces of jewelry a week. How many pieces yeah. of jewelry were you selling a week on average? I would have to look back at reports to see pieces, but it was a lot, like a lot. It became more and more and more and more. I would be seeing how people were checking out like 10 and 15 of one piece. I'm like, what's going on here? Like At first I was just like, woohoo, everybody's buying. Yay. I'm so excited. And they got to be more and more. And I'm like, where are all these viewers coming from? Well, you know, of course now in retrospect, I realized we uh, shot up so quickly to that high amount of viewers and customers because we were like the first gay man to be in the company. And then what was happening was, of course we have, you know, a few viewers that were like from our hometowns and whatnot but the main thing was all these new random people are coming in from all over the place and I'm like who are these people did they really just come from us being shared like that's crazy like all these people are they're not only coming they're buying well now looking back we of course know that they were other consultants they were coming in because they're being shared by uplines or or whoever they're coming in and they're buying from us because I was looking at, like, I never used to think about it being a consultant until we got comments sold and I could actually look at a packing slip because before it would just be, we would invoice necklace times five. 
earring times three, you know, not what it was, but when I could look at the actual order on our system, I'd be like, why did this one lady get 10 of the same necklace? Like, and so that's where us ordering larger and larger quantities will come from. It's like a pyramid within a pyramid. Like we're, we're buying more and more and more because we're realizing that the consultants are buying them from us because they have that whole FOMO of everything releases Monday through Friday and it sells out in the back office because everybody scrambles to get the hottest thing. And the hottest thing will be something like oil spill, like a rainbow looking stone, but it's not rainbow. It's more green and pink and yellow it's really kind of ugly honestly i mean like I, it's not something i think people would really wear very maleficent kind of thing like like nobody's gonna wear that in real life do you ever see anybody at walmart with a oil spill ring on but that was what you guys in lularoe would call the unicorns right so i was i was like gonna say that the way the paparazzi you order is very similar to lularoe but a little different because you actually could see what you were ordering, but then you right. would order from the company, then you have the inventory and then you're reselling it to the customers the same way that LuLaRoe works and other MLMs too. But with paparazzi, you can see. So you, because you're doing so much volume, you have so much more money to spend on inventory. Mm-hmm. You're able to get in and get the high value ticket, the, the the item that just released today or yesterday or this week that everybody wants. You're able to buy like what quantities, hundreds at a time? Oh, yeah. At the time, there wasn't really a max on it, I don't think. And if there was, it was like 200 or 250 because I'll never forget when we started doing this, the first thing um, was mermaid bracelets. It's like a bracelet with sequins that look sequin bracelet. If you're in paparazzi, you know what you remember. Like a one inch cuff. It's like this thick, like like two inches wide, but like this long. And it had sequins on it, like scales. And you could move the sequins to change the color of the bracelet. And that was super unique at the time because nobody had ever seen anything like that. So mermaid bracelets, and paparazzi was brilliant in the way they would do this. They created the FOMO. They've got, they drop one or two of these unicorn pieces because they do new releases every day. And there could be like 20 or 30 new things. It was a whole thing, girl. Like, I mean, talk about PTSD. I could sit here and think about how we would sit at this computer in this very spot where I'm talking to you right now. But, and I would stare at that screen and wait for this. What would happen is the website would start to shift there's anybody in paparazzi can tell you about the shift. Like you're watching the screen and then things will start to glitch and jump around. Like it, you don't even have to hit refresh and you don't want to hit refresh because when new releases drop, there are so many people on there at one time. I mean, this is back in the day. Nothing really sells out now. <laughs> no, you could be watching uh, and the screen will start to glitch and jump around and then and new things would just appear all of a sudden. And they're all there. And there might be a page and a half of new things, maybe two, if you're lucky. And, oh my God. you know, we quickly learned the first time I remember we used to get so pissed off when we would be ordering because ever they ever, all the consultants hype it up. Get on during new releases. Get on. You got to be. They hit it. They hit it two o'clock every day here. Um, central time. But there'd be three o'clock Eastern. So they're like two o'clock. You're like, get on, get on. You got to get what the would that be for you over there? Noon. So people are at their jobs going to hide in the bathroom so they can go and order new releases in California, you know, like they're like, oh, or anywhere, but 
maybe they were on the, their lunch break. Who knows? But everybody's freaking out. Go, everybody get on the website at once. And then, of course, they don't even have a server that can handle that much traffic. So the website would just sometimes it would like freeze up and you get booted out and you couldn't see anything. And everybody would get so pissed off. You'd see it all in the groups and stuff. People are talking about my website and they'd be in the chats because, you know, they put you in 47 different chats. My website's glitching. I can't get anything. But when we first started buying, getting on there, we didn't know what. We were just, you know, like Amazon adding stuff to our cart. Like, oh, that's cute. I bet we can sell that. And that's cute. Oh, no, girl, you can't do that. You got to get in there and find the gold and get the hell out quick. If you, I'm like, oh, I, I, like my first thing would be to scroll, scroll, look for sequence, sequence, sequence. And then it became, you know, oil spill, oil spill, oil spill, any oil spill. Okay. Like you can then slowly shop because other things will take longer. But I'm telling you, these things would sell out in seconds. I'm telling you the minute the screen refreshed and then I saw a unicorn looking piece and go for it. Like I've had them jump out of our cart within like 10 seconds or less. Like we'll go, I would instantly go in, put in like 200 checkout. And sometimes they would still get yanked out of your cart. They would sell out that quick because of people like us that had buying power and they would buy mass quantities of it. Right. And so the little guy that doesn't have the buying power, but still wants to get that oil slick or that mermaid cuff, then goes to your sale and buys five or 10 of them. And then what, like pairs it as to get this mermaid cuff, you have to buy something else and they use it as bait to sell their own paparazzi on their own pages. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have to pair it. Like they would buy it just the the toxic thing about the culture is that they would tell people like they basically encouraged you to buy stuff from other consultants and but in paparazzi's policies and procedures you cannot buy anything or sell anything even to another consultant for less than the whole retail price of five dollars but they were like well just you know you can get them from whoever like if they say the mermaid bracelet jumped out of my cart today when then so and so would say i got them i got them you can get some from me but you can't get them for wholesale gotta be retail i don't want to get canceled somebody will turn me in if i sell it to you for wholesale so they would buy them and hope that why they wouldn't even pair it they would hope that while they could use that mermaid piece to get other people on their lives and I'm like, do you not realize that's a consultant? But they would buy it and just hope that this dangling that carrot would draw people in to buy the other inventory that they have. So they didn't even really have to pair it because you can't tell somebody you have to buy this to get this. Like, you know, you can't, there's all these ridiculous rules. Another thing that I hated about paparazzi, the compliance is ridiculous. They have a 27 page manual of things you can't do. And yet they still say it's their own business. Wow. Yeah. Policies and procedures, they call it, but it's 27 pages. I read them and had them basically memorized intricate shit. I mean, you can't make a collage using the Z collection, which is what they call their high end collection, the $25 pieces. But you can with the $5 pieces, you can make a collage of those, but you can't make a collage and meaning not even mixing them with other items. You can't take a collage of the standard stock photo and then one of a model wearing it and, and make a collage. That's against policy and procedure. One time our account was suspended because I didn't know that or remember that. 
and had posted a collage of a Z piece. And for it to be their luxury line or high-end line, it's some ridiculous, bigger, gaudier, what the hell kind of pieces. Like nobody would ever wear this. Where are you wearing this? To the Country Music Awards, the, the Met Gala? This is so unrealistic. Like who the hell is wearing this shit? There's just so many rules. So, so many yeah. rules. But anyway, I digress. At what point in your first paparazzi journey does it start to crash and burn? When we started actually working it in May, uh, we started instantly recruiting. So now my hometown is like saturated in paparazzi consultants. And I really feel bad for that. You know, I didn't know what I know now then and didn't realize, like, I, I figured out quickly that consultants were the main people buying all this. And I'm like, oh, we can buy it out and then they'll buy it from us. Yeah, we're making money. But I didn't know at the time, like, it wasn't like I'm just a greedy asshole. I didn't know at the time that people were actually spending, because to me, if I can't afford it, I don't buy it. I'm just thinking, well, they can afford it. You know, they're buying it. It's whatever, you know, they want to be a customer. It's not my, my place to tell them what they can or can't buy them. But I didn't know. I didn't understand the mindset, the cycle of toxicity you get in in an MLM, the cult mentality that drives you that you've got to go every day. Bye, bye, bye. Go. It's two o'clock. Go. We would literally send out text alerts to the team and have them sent to us from our uplines. Two o'clock, new releases, they would notify you the minute that they dropped. Go, 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 bye, bye, bye. Do contests, yada, yada. So anyway, we started May. I'm so long-winded, I'm sorry. By October, we had hit elite. Six months, I think. That was the fastest ranking. You know, my ex will say he's the fastest ranking male elite in history of paparazzi. But we were the fastest ranking males because I owned that account too. So with paparazzi, our S corporation did. But anyway, by that point, that, that was paparazzi history. You know, and we were paparazzi famous, they call it. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the flow knit high-rise boyfriend jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claims standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? 
I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. And that's a whole nother just obnoxious anomaly in the MLM cult world took me back because the first time we went to a convention and people start coming up to us randomly and lines began to form. And I'm talking sometimes 25, 30 people standing in line to take a selfie with us. Yeah, the the edification and like the, the, the celebrity like the faux celebrity that is imposed on people in mlms like it's so culty and oh, so it is. weird totally weird i mean to me it was totally weird i thought it was very humbling and you know i remember i would hug every graciously take a picture with every single one of them give them a hug you know at, advice i took time, a lot of time in messenger even just replying to people because i felt bad to be like uh, you know, oh, you've sent me a message asking, how do I do it? Blah, blah, blah. And I didn't want to be an asshole and be like, uh, you're just a little peon, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to take time to reply to you. I would just literally, finally, I had typed up a list of all the things that I would want to say to somebody like that. And I would copy it and paste it. And and I just put their name, hey, Cindy, you know, or whatever. And, and then I'm like, here's what I would suggest. And and put all my tips because I didn't want to not respond, but I'm like, I can't be, I literally, there's not enough hours in the day to keep doing this. (laughs) It's weird, but it's weird to be glorified. I remember telling them like, honey, I'm just no different or better than you. Like, I don't, we, I said, we got lucky. We, I, I, I jokingly still refer to it to this day because I'm a huge Carrie Underwood fan. I love her vocals. I refer to it as our Carrie Underwood went to American Idol moment. Because it was very much a right place, right time. All the stars aligned to make it. But it was just like a star. A shooting wind burns hot and fast. So um, we quickly, like I said, hit elite in six months. Um, quickly became Papa famous, known everywhere. So the viewers just multiplied and multiplied and multiplied. And the, the orders and the team building. But I'll tell you this. We were selling so much jewelry. Well, then one hot piece like the mermaid flared out i'll never forget what i call the day the mermaid died 
I saw the Green Mermaid and got 200. And I keep refreshing, waiting on it to sell out. And it didn't. Yeah. No. Yeah, it didn't. And I, I got 200, maybe 250. And it, but they always sold out, but then it didn't. So that, and then the next time mermaids came, I just kind of sat there and didn't get any because I'm like, now I'm sitting on 200 and something mermaids that nobody's buying because they're still in the office. So all the consultants who were buying from us aren't going to buy them now. Then another. And so the mermaid died after that. No more sequin bracelets came that ever sold again. And same thing, um, I guess now, I think oil slick ones usually always sold out, but I don't think any of that really sells out anymore because there's been a lot, as you know, go on in the Papa world. We were spending so much money that had it not been for the elite commission check, there would have been no money left over after paying off the American Express from all that orders, from all the orders of, of inventory, because no matter how much you're selling really, when you're buying that much and getting caught up in the hype of that, I mean, there was still like $79,000 of jewelry in this house when he and I split. Wow. Um, and that's wholesale. It was, it was bad. So we do go up to Elite Quick. Everything's going, you know, good for a little while. But then it was like the more, I, I don't know, I always could see a spade for a spade in the whole Papa fame thing like that really never went to my head at all because I was I could tell like this is not real when we walk out of the MGM onto the street in Vegas nobody knows who the hell we are but I think it kind of the flame out uh it kind of happened like that I'm just gonna say someone else that was involved in the business with me maybe did enjoy the fame of it the attention a little too much and it became a very ego driven thing you know heads bumping the need for control became a big problem like I never wanted to walk the well I mean look back at the history of it I could have walked the stage for Black Diamond I could have walked the stage for the ranks you know I could have you know done a lot of things but I never did a single one of those I never walked the stage and got a crown or a bouquet of roses or any of that, any of the glorification things they did. I never did any of that, never wanted to. It became a thing of constant fighting of, well, I want it this way and that way and blah, blah, blah. But, and this is mine. This is supposed to be something for me and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, that's all fine and dandy when it was like a little cute side hustle, but it's literally blossomed into, or rather, I won't even say blossom because it didn't have time to blossom. It exploded into a phenomenon under unlike anything I ever thought it could be and him either really I'm like that's all good and dandy and you can have all the glory and wear the crowns and buy six thousand dollar suits on my credit cards whatever but this isn't all you this didn't happen because of just you this was both of our efforts and quite frankly all of my social media contacts and presence that started it and family you know there's family hometowns like hell look at Moulton Alabama the spider web of that started there and it's like this isn't and wasn't ever all you so don't be you know so controlling about it all like we need to be able to talk about this and be rational and and it just wasn't happening like it became clear it was more and more and more and more it was just like we reached an impasse at some point where it was like basically i want this all to myself or i'm gonna leave you basically at some point you know i was given an ultimatum 
at the time, which now I feel like it was stupid for what I ended up saddled with debt wise. And I chose to sign the paper and give the account to him because I wanted to save us. And just like everybody, including one of our second highest ranking elite underneath us, that was my cousin, had been telling me, don't you dare do that. Don't you sign that over to him. Don't you, you know, family, everybody close to me was like, don't do it. Don't do it. And of course, my stupid, emotionally driven, stubborn self did it. In tears, I, I still have probably papers, text messages printed off that I could show you from, you know, various in case we needed them legally. I'm like crying and said, I feel like I'm, you know, signing my life away. And they're like, he's just going to leave you and take it all anyway and leave you with all of this. And I was like, no, he won't. He won't. I trust him. I have faith in him. And well, that's exactly what happened. I signed the paper in January and he was gone by March. Which was fine because our relationship had been dead ever since paparazzi started blowing up. It was always a thing of contention. It was always an issue. When me and Will first got married, they're like, how can you get married so fast? I'm like, well, first of all, my relationship with him had been dead for over a year. There was like nothing going on there. I'd already went through the heartbreak and the healing and the the breakdowns and then the healing from the breakdowns and then breaking down again. I'd already kind of went through all of that. And, yeah. um, and when I met my husband, it was also just the thing of I'd been with somebody seven years before my ex, a diff- another ex. And then I'd been with him for almost seven years. My husband had been he had been with somebody seven years before. And so we both knew exactly what we didn't want. I never got married to either of my exes. I was just I wasn't doing it. Something always held me back with either of them. And it wasn't because I couldn't or they didn't want to. But when I met Will, he was like instantly my best friend. There were a few weeks that we that we were just best friends before we were anything romantic. And he just made me laugh constantly and brought a joy to my heart that I'd never even felt with the others. You know what I mean? Like it was, I just found myself cackling and to be such a hottie, he, cause that would have normally intimidated me. Probably. He made me feel like I I didn't ever have to feel self-conscious around him, I guess. Um, And in the gay world, at the time I was 30 when I met him, 31 something, I I might as well be a dinosaur, you know? So I was like, (laughs) I was like, you know, but I, I, so I had that mindset, but he had a way of putting me at ease and making me super comfortable. We were together all the time, like anytime we could. I just knew that I felt happy when I was with him. And, and in a way I had never felt happy before. And we, We communicated really well and talked all the time. Like I found for the first time ever, I could be in the car and I didn't have to have music on. Even when we go on road trips, we play a song or two, but we may be on the road for six hours sometimes and just talking to each other like me and you are and listening. So yeah, yeah, I met him May 12th. I still remember because I marked, like I remember the first photo I ever took with him and I, May 12th and I married him July 17th and it's never been a second I've regretted it. I think you guys are super cute. He's my- I just think you guys are just adorable as a couple. And ever since the the moment that I met you uh, over a year ago, I've just, I just thought you guys were just really fun. We love you. So, yeah. <laughs> just the coolest guys. And so let's talk about you, you sign everything over, you break up, you find Will, but you get back into paparazzi. So how did okay. that happen? January, 2020, I signed the paper in tears. Oh, I'm signing my life away, blah, blah, blah. I'd already had this plan, even when I was still in paparazzi, that like, why can't we? Because, you know, I'm, I'm told you about the policies and procedures. I'm getting real resentful of the policies and procedures by this point. 
And I mean, so I was kind of anti-paparazzi before I was even, but I was, it's really sick, like a Stockholm syndrome. I was almost still wanted to be a part of it though. And that's what they, where they get people. They still want to be a part of it. Like I've listened to this one person talk about it that's supposedly anti-MLM, but the girl still buys paparazzi and wears it and talks about, and, and literally talks about this specific company religiously. And it's like, Oh, you sound like a clown. You've been talking about this for a year, but you're still buying the stuff and and seeming obsessively obsessing over it. Like, but that's where they get you, and that's the 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 malady and the sickness of it is you get so used to that love bombing and that sense of community that you feel like when you're a part of it, all you want to do if you get out. Oh, at first, all you want to do is get back in because you don't realize you won't still necessarily have all those friends, those close relationships that's that's all gonna be gone then you're gonna want to go back because everybody that you know is a part of it and you only get to really see them on trips when you're going to convention or to the passport vacation so i had already been thinking about how i wanted to sell other things and i was like i want to find what's in the policies that we can sell as long as i'm not selling jewelry can i i think i can have another page and another thing and keep it separate oh that was a big point of contention too like him telling me I can't do that you might get us canceled and blah 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 blah. after I signed it over I'm like well what do I care you took away like yeah I don't have no ownership over that anyway and and I left my career to do this with you you know like I'm I'm not working as a respiratory therapist because I was so I'm gonna do what I want to so oh well and so I started Royal Emporium it was a formulation in my head you know in around February and I incorporated that actually started it February or March of 2020. I forget when I did the paperwork and made it official, but did that and started that. I meet Will around May. And when I meet him, I can't be a part of paparazzi anymore because I used to drink. And of course I went live and went on Facebook when I was drunk and totally trashed the company and talked about all the bullshit they put you through. And I started talking about all these people. Like I was like, oh, you think you're the empire, David? Blah, blah, like you're that big. That doesn't mean you're the biggest seller. It means you're the biggest buyer, stupid. Like, I'm like, I was, I mean, drunk. You got five, real messy. Oh, yeah. Drunk five o'clock in the morning, just calling them all out. I went for the, I ain't going to say their names, but I went for the impressionista, the the top ranking people. Like, I was like, and it must be nice to be making 200 grand a month because all these people are spending money underneath you. You know, I was just, I, I called them all out, probably the founders too. I don't know. That video has long since been deleted, you know, when I woke up after. <laughs> so I'm blackballed from paparazzi and, and that's fine. I don't care. Uh, literally would never be a part of it again to save my life. At the time still, I had no idea of anti-MLM community or any reason for it to exist. I still was in the headspace of haters. Y'all are haters. I have a reason to have contention for paparazzi. You know, I'm like, I left my career to do it and it got swiped out from under me by my stupid foolhardy self. Because I, I, I was in the headspace at this time of, if I could just find a way to get back in, I could probably, I thought, I thought I'll show them, I'll be jet setter before, you know, next fall. Like I could get back in and rank up myself I, I'll get all these people to join me. That's what I'll do. You know, I'm sure we could get back in. And then I, I was like, oh, babe, you could join paparazzi and we could do it together. Because I already knew he and I would work better together. And as long as alcohol wasn't involved, we were golden. Because that, woof, when you, how long are we sober, babe? He'll give you an exact date. 
553 days. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Best thing we ever did. When we were drinking, we were like broke and miserable and fighting anytime we were getting a uh, So that was the best thing we ever did was getting sober. It's not even a temptation now. Yeah, I was like, we can do it. Because, you know, we, hell, we've been running Royal Emporium together since pretty quick after we met and got together. Like, you know, he's like, this is so cool. I love doing this. Let's do it. You know, and he introduced a cosmetics line and this and this. And before you know it, like, I give him mad props for being the reason we're so successful more than myself, even because he picked it up and ran with it and made it his own too, you know, and now our logo has both of us on it. And I love it. Didn't you say like, isn't that like a pyramid scheme or something? I had only ever heard of MLMs a few times and in my town of where I grew up and just even recently now I've told him it's really sad that I've started seeing my hometown get swept by it because even as a kid, my mom was in an MLM, but at the time, I guess it wasn't an MLM. So I hadn't really had a lot of knowledge. I had a friend when I was, when I first moved away from home and I just graduated that year and I was in Missouri and this girl was friends with my friend and she was like, oh, you got to come over. We're going to have a party. And I thought, fun. And so I went over there. My friend Taylor at this time was in college and I would never forget because her experience was so bad. She was one of my really good friends. Um, we don't talk too much anymore because she travels with military. And so she had joined at the time this party that she had at her house and it was Mary Kay. And I was like, oh, I've heard of this before. I didn't, you know, and I didn't understand any of it. And I went over there and at the party, the girl is like, you know, having us all try on makeup. And she convinces my friend Taylor to join. And so my friend Taylor sings like 14 or $1,500 in and they put her on a Mary Kay credit card. Oh, I'll never yes. forget like a year and a half later I was like you know how's that going well she had been struggling and had to do some kind of like a loan transfer to end up paying the card off because it had defaulted so much which in turn infected her credit which after she gotten out of school had then affected other things in her life so like it was a snowball effect and here she was still had all this product. And so it had really screwed her financially right out the gate from trying to help herself in college. And so I had a really negative mindset, I guess, on MLMs at the time, because that was the only real experience I had had other than my mom, which wasn't that negative. So I was like, MLMs are really gross. Well, then later on, of course, my friend had sold Rodin and Fields. And so I had seen another MLM. But again, I was already closed-minded don't talk to me about it I don't care about your products I'm sure it's something I can buy at Walmart for a quarter of the price kind of a mindset and so I had just really steered clear of them ever since and had never encountered or met anybody that was in one or much honestly gave anybody the time of day if I saw it on Facebook like I instantly knew if it was one of those we haven't talked since high school I'm like what do you mean when you bullied me and now you're messaging me what do you mean so Boy, do I have an yeah you? so it was just one of those things like I never I never really gave it much time or day or even batted an eye that I always thought it was silly and there was no money to be made and, and right. so when I met him and had kind of seen the people that surrounded him and the money that was there to be made I was like well wait a minute this could be something like okay maybe they just weren't good at it you know it was that kind of like Maybe my friends and the people that I knew just didn't have the hustle or the mindset, um, but I do, you know, I'm different. And so it was so easy for all those years for me not to get sucked in for that split second to just boom. Wow. Like that's such an incredible story of like the opposite of what we hear all the time. Like you were 
staunchly anti-MLM without knowing it was a thing. And then someone you really cared about was like, hey, check out this really great idea. And you're like, I'm in. I mean, and I was like, I remember telling him, I'm like, baby, look, we've already got a built-in following. Like, you know, when we would go live on Royal Emporium back then, we had, you know, I remember looking at screenshots from back then. We had 200, 300 viewers. I was like, we've got a built-in following. Oh, we can just talk about it because you can't talk about another business in paparazzi, but we could lead people to paparazzi from another business. You know, I was like, you're so good looking. They'll just love you. They'll eat you up, you know? Because again, at the time, I didn't, I just saw it as a, a job. It's basically a bridge contract. Like, I, I mean, because not a contract, but I'm like, you could basically inherit my paparazzi following that was still very much intact at the time because I hadn't been, even though I had done that drunk rant, you know, nobody, not a lot of people saw that at five o'clock in the morning and I deleted it. Of course, some people were on and screen recorded it. So that was nice. That plays into the story with him. But, you know, I had a very intact following of paparazzi consultants and which, as you know, are the ultimate customer. And I was like, you can just inherit this and you can join and you can do it. And I think he even at the time wasn't sure he wanted to do Royal Emporium with me or if he wanted to have his own thing. And paparazzi was going to be his own thing, I think. Wasn't that how it was at the yeah, time? Cause you were... Yeah, because at the time, even when I had joined, though, I had told him because I remember it was like my first or second day even being in the damn company. And I did something. I made a collage or something. And instantly one of his friends that was an elite messaged us and was like, yo, you know, he can't be doing that. And I'm like, I'll be damned. Like, you're not going to tell me. That's my business. Like, I was instantly frustrated because I was like, oh, no, we already on some bullshit. And it's day one. Like, I was already. Right? You, know, you joined with a target on your back that you didn't yeah, even know you had. Exactly. And the I, second I was, you even messed up yes. a little. Oh, you know what? I know what it was. I had made a collage because my friend had joined. I could, and this is where I'm like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. I had convinced my friend, Danny, who is out of it now, obviously, but she was the same way. You know, her and I used to joke because one of our friends that we worked with sold it works. And I will never forget. I came into work one day and she was trying to sell it to customers. And I was like, girl, you can't do this. Like, it was literally in our policy that you couldn't sell other products while on the clock. And here she was at work trying to sell these damn wraps and stuff. And I'm like, girl, it doesn't work. Get it off the counter. Stop trying to sell it to them. And so me and her used to joke about it. So, you know, even her mindset was very anti-MLM. And so when I had called her up, it was like, girl, you're never going to believe this. Like, do I have an opportunity? Like, I will never forget. I was so enthusiastic about it. And I was like, your life, are you ready for a life change? Because girl, you know, remember when we used to struggle? Well, not anymore. Like, it was like this whole presentation of, I got you, girl. When I had made a photo for her, when she joined, they were like, you can't use the paparazzi logo, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, this is the company I'm selling for. Like, what do you mean I can't use their logo to make a damn picture? And it went against their compliance. And already right then and there, I was like, this is a red flag. Like, the fact that it's like, Something so small and minute is just making a picture. Like, it wasn't like I went out and was like, hey, y'all, I'm effing excited. I got a new team member. Meet my bitch, Danny. Like, you know, it wasn't like I had made these crazy comments that would make the company look bad. I literally just made a photo welcoming her. And from there, it just kind of snowballed. Like, I would have different times, different days of people messaging me like, oh, you know, you can't do this. Be careful of doing this. And uh, he has a really good friend that's still in. And she's a really good person. I do love her to death. She's really sweet. I pretense it with that. Um, however, she would be the one to let me know, like, hey, look, like she was very sweet in letting me know, like, there's people on your back. 
And she would give me a list of basically saying like, don't do this, this or this. Like she was always looking out for me, but in a way that it was actually good hearted. I know that sounds crazy, but she was more so letting me know what they were talking about behind the scenes to kind of get me ahead of it. And I was like, this is crazy. Like it was a lot to keep up with. It wasn't until we got married. The minute we got married, it was like the morning, it was like the morning after, I think it was. Mm -hmm. The morning after. The second it was public <laughs> knowledge that we were legally married. I get an email from Paparazzi Compliance and I'm like, what in the bullshit is this? And at the time, remember, we're rolling hard in the pandemic and shipping from China is insane. So, <laughs> of course, I had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars tied up in orders with Paparazzi because what you could do is you could still go on a mass buy, mm. but it would be four to six weeks before you would even see tracking confirmations on your order. So here you are, you're set in all this freaking debt of what you've already purchased and you're trying to pre-sell like crazy. Oh yeah, we pre-sold it all, by the way. All Just of it. Get it back. Boxes it and boxes. Because I was like, I, and I have a hoarder mindset. That's the bad thing is I get a dopamine rush from buying shit. Like for myself in general, outside of MLM, don't put me on Amazon. It's toxic because I just want to add a cart, add a cart, add a cart, add a cart. Like I did the same thing when I'm in Walmart. Like I get this dopamine rush and it's so sick, but I'm not ashamed to admit it. And <laughs> so I would get on new releases and I'm like, damn, this is hot. Add the cart, add the cart. So every day, even some days where my husband was like, well, maybe we just don't need to today. I'm like, I have to. Like it was like, it became like a drug. And so I had to do it. Finally, when that morning, when I woke up and got the email and it said I was canceled, it was like, oh, like, like my whole world was like, wait a minute, what do you mean? You'd already got addicted to the new release book. Yes. And I grew up in the generation that like cancel culture is real. And so for somebody to email me telling me I've been canceled, I'm like, this can't be, I'm canceled. Like, <laughs> oh, he thinks of it canceled in a, a whole nother way, Roberta. Because like, they even put your picture in a red box that says canceled. Like, they, they used to put it over <laughs> your face. It would literally, if they searched you on the website, they could put, you can put in the, now you just don't come up. Canceled in red letters. It literally did. Up until I think Geraldine Souza got canceled and then they stopped doing that after, because I mean, obviously <laughs> she made a big stink about it, but. Because it makes people feel horrible. Like it's. Of course. Like, so your image is blacked out with a silhouette. And then it has canceled in red letters written across your picture. Do you have any screenshots of those? Oh, I'm sure you can probably Google like paparazzi cancel because like in something somewhere will pop up. We'll have, I, I might have some somewhere. I'll have I want to find one of those. It was like serious. And so I'm like panicking. And in the email, I scroll down and it's because I have married and am living in the same household as a blacklisted employee or consultant, <laughs> which was Andrew. And I can continue to scroll down and there's examples from compliance <laughs> showing me because I've only ever heard of the stories. Well, here I got videos. Paparazzi has sent me the videos of him live on Facebook that night. Like they have sent me PDF files. Paparazzi had it and sent it to you? I mean, they had it. So they probably, they had, that means in my mind, I know they had a file on their computer that said Andrew Thompson. And so. Oh, totally did. Girl, and he's freaking out too, because you know, I know, I think to me and you, we now know what, because we are online all the time, we know what cancel culture is, but to me, until I met my husband, who is eight years younger than me, I did not know what cancel culture was, didn't really keep up with online gossip channels and any of that, so I didn't even understand, he, he was always like, oh, you know who's canceled today was how his thing he'll be on youtube like oh jeffree star is canceled again and 
you know, all these people that I've never, to me, to him, they're celebrities, but to me, I've never heard of Jeffree Star. I've never heard of, um, who's the other one? James Charles, Nikita Dragon, Nikita Tutorials. Like these are all people I keep up with, but there's always some new drama. And so for me, like when I, that word had been tossed around for me and I'm like, my whole world was shattered. And I'm like, wait, I can't like, be canceled. I'm canceled? No. And I'm like, baby, whatever. We knew it might happen. It's no big deal. Like, I'm not even it's just Papa canceled. canceled. I'm like, I've never even been in Facebook jail at this point. What do you mean I'm canceled? (laughs) (laughs) It was serious. So I was getting like these different views and things from other people's pages that had sent these in. And I'm like, this is wild. And then they even had, I think there was a screenshot too showing on Facebook where it said Andrew and Will Thompson married. (laughs) And it's the date, you know, like they had, they came through with the facts. They have receipts, girl. I think paparazzi might be the most petty MLM. I'm telling you, man, and they, they, I don't know if they have a whole team or for real, I don't know, because I can't, I'm not accusing her, but I can only be left up to assumption like that one of them founders sit around and just stop these people because, <laughs> like, it's obsessed, like, it's giving obsessed because they had this whole file, and I can't honestly think that they hire people to sit around and do it, but then again, who knows, like, with as much money as I spent on jewelry, I know they got the money to. So he's canceled because we're married and that, and he showed me and I felt felt so bad because I'm like, oh, it's because of me. And of course it is. And, and when he showed me, you remember when I told you, of course, that someone screen recorded that little rant I went on and, and, and I had, mind you, since then already even went public and issued a public apology in written form to all the consultants to every friend or foe or anything of mine, you know, like I was mad at Erica Cole, you know, the top ranking, she's the top rank in the company, the first African-American lady to ever hit this rank and, and was one of my good friends back then. Well, I was mad at her because she had put picked my ex's side over me. You know, I felt like that by a lot of people. Like the second, if I wasn't a part of paparazzi, then all these people I think were my friends aren't even talking to me or unfriending me or blocking me on Facebook. And I'm like, what the Like, so I was salty for that. It wasn't even as much about the company as, again, the community feeling like, oh, I was a part of something and I thought these people cared about me and now they don't because I'm not in it anymore. And so I was already salty. I'd issued apologies in this big, long apology to... Erica, to who had served me a cease and desist letter before because of that whole rant, and I still have it. I think in the safe. Oh, <laughs> the paparazzi people love sending cease and desist. Oh yeah, too, by the way, it's totally it's a paparazzi thing. But I'd apologize to her, Geraldine Souza, the founders, everybody. At publicly, I issued an apology before this cancellation happened. But the minute he was married to me legally, of course they came through with the screenshots. They came through with the screen recordings. I mean, I think they were waiting. They had it like, like the minute we announced we were getting married, they had this email. Like, it had to be one of those like pre sins. Like, it was they dated it for that day at that time to make sure the minute I woke up, like I was going to have that email. Well, it was almost as if they wanted to make sure they could get plenty of money out of us before they eventually knew they were going to cancel him anyway. Like he said, we had pre-sold because it wasn't no big deal to pre-sell your inventory. If you were able to check it out, it was yours and you were getting it usually within two to three days. But now by COVID, paparazzi blew up to the biggest it ever been. And we were getting stuff, like he said, two and four weeks before oh, we would get horrible. it. Horrible. And and 
like when that happened, I didn't even know that was going on because I'd been out of it, you know, and I didn't expect that. And I was like, I was even to the point where I'm like, well, maybe we shouldn't be pre-selling this because if it takes this long to get here, because I'm a very like, I don't like as far as my own customer service in our business, we're very prompt with shipping. Like, I don't like to do any pre-orders or pre-sales anymore. Like, I want to have the inventory on hand and ready to ship right then. And I'm like, I don't like the idea of these people's money being tied up for two to four weeks till this stuff comes in. Like, we may pre-sell something if we've got it going to be here in two days or something. And we know we're shipping it right away. But like, that's even rare now. But two to four weeks. But then came into the question of, well, we've got our thousands of dollars tied up in this inventory for two to four weeks before we get it. I'm like, at that rate, we're going to be paying interest on the credit card we put it on for that amount when we could have pre-sold it and paid that card off. Well, we'd pre-sold, what, at this, when you got canceled, yeah, we had... I had filled, I, before you knew it, I had already accumulated like a whole entire inventory room's worth. Like, it was ridiculous, the amount of how quick I was able to just, so, I mean, it was, it was thousands that we had yeah, to turn. Yeah. And so, well, the, any pending orders we had, they canceled. So we weren't even getting the inventory that oh we Oh my God. So and not only were we out the amount of retail. Or wholesale. Wholesale that we had bought from them. Now we're out of the retail because we had, we sold it. Then you have all the transaction fees, the shipping, because they already paid shipping on their order when they pre-bought it. So there was all these charges that now have to be refunded on our dime. Yeah, because we only got back, you know, that first little bit of stuff, but we had pre-sold so much of it. So we have to sit here. He and I spent a day sitting here going through every single order, comparing it to the ones that they had shipped and the ones they canceled having to identify who got what that was canceled and it mass issuing refunds to the tune of thousands of dollars. So not only are we still stuck with, we got back some of our wholesale costs, but we'd already gotten spent the profit from that with it taking two to four weeks. And so we had had to refund all this money we didn't even have anymore. And then we're strapped with all this jewelry and nobody, you know, it was- Damn, if they didn't send in that email, tell me that I couldn't resell or I couldn't sell the jewelry I had. I was like, I'll be damn. And when I tell you how fast we did like three or four clearance lives, talking about everything that caused getting rid of all the paparazzi, because they were literally trying to tell you, you can't sell it once you quit, as if it's like, like, honey, I a bought- cancel consultant can't sell. Can't, so I'm like, honey, I bought this jewelry. I'll be damn. You're going to have to come to my house and take it. What are you going to do? Like, I bought this is my product now. see you make me (laughs) right i know that's lula roach tried to pull that too and i was like good luck uh it was crazy but then on top of that though uh was the immediate the immediate switch between the minute i was dropped there were so many people that i had noticed were on my page that were suddenly gone like instantly the next day 
I mean, just groups I was kicked out of. I mean, it was like literally like the, these bitches had a fucking Zoom or something because it was <laughs> so instant. Like they woke up, fixed their coffee and got on Zoom and talked about Will and Andrew because it was such a quick wraparound like that. It was just instant. That's probably exactly what happened, actually. <laughs> I mean, they really were like everybody because, you know, it was a big thing of conversation that we were even together because to a lot of the Papa Huns, they were like, can you believe Andrew? He's already got married to somebody else. When I left, I told my friend Danny, I said, girl, I'm, I called. I was like, I'm canceled. I said, I can't do this anymore. Um, so if you want to quit, you can quit. If you want to stay in, she was like, honey, I don't take this serious. I get drunk as hell before I even go live. She was like, I don't care about the rules. If they cancel me, they cancel me. And so eventually as time went, she just stopped buying and was done with it. But so she, she was the same way too. She was like, this is some bullshit. Like, it, it was just so, so crazy. And outside of that, too, the religious manipulation that's involved, too, because, you know, even growing up, I was religious. Don't get me wrong. But by no means was I like, by the grace of God, I am the bling balls because the Lord has blessed me. I'm like, that's not fair. What about Christina, who's over here in $20,000 of debt? Does the Lord not love her? Like, why does he get to love you more? And you get to be a fashionista. That's not fair. Like, why does she only get to be a star consultant? Like, fashionista is a rank. Does God only have so many fashionistas to go around? Like, I don't get it. Well, when the fashionistas are in a pyramid, yeah, there's, they say there's room for everyone at the top. And I'm like, no, honey, that's not really how a pyramid works. There's yeah, only I mean, so many spaces up there. So like, that was the other thing too, was like the faith manipulation in, that they use in it. So that it was like, well, I guess God didn't love me enough because I didn't get to be in paparazzi. I was canceled. Uh, never got to be an elite. I was I'm, deemed a, an undesirable. Clearly, I'm going straight to hell because paparazzi canceled me. So. <laughs> and that's how it feels. You're extricated from society. I can't even go into Walmart anymore. I'm like this now going to Walmart. I'm like, oh, God, are they going to know I'm the canceled paparazzi consultant? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't never go to the MGM. Right. Oh, my God. It was so bad. I mean, <laughs> It's so laughable and cringy in retrospect, you know, you're like, right, absolutely. So you guys get uh, canceled and <laughs> paparazzi wins that round, but they didn't win the war. It sort of continued. You guys go on with Royal Emporium and you're still doing your sales, but it, that doesn't stop the paparazzi huns from being the loving Christian women that they are. Can you talk us through sort of that kind of stuff that happened to you? Well, so... The the first few months after that was a whirlwind, girl, because I could not figure out how to put the bottle down. I just like to drink so much. And so <laughs> when I was drinking so much, it led to a lot of problems. And so, of course, that only further the huns, because I'm telling you, when it's crazy how many of these people are watching you and the pressure. Well, to give you any idea, like when we got married, there was hella support. There were over a thousand people actively watching our wedding stream on Facebook live. I mean, it, it was the highest viewership we ever had, paparazzi or not, over a thousand active viewers watching us. Many supportive and many going, oh God, is he really getting married to someone else already? And that, so there were a lot of those type of hunts. Everybody that watches you is not your friend. Everybody who follows you is not your friend. Some of them are there just to be nosy or to talk shit. But I just want you to understand how much eyes and pressure were on us 
we were both drinking very just volatile i was losing my shit because i was just going through a really hard time like it was really rough for me to have all these people introduced into my life and then ripped out and then still outside of the now debt that i'm dealing with from cleaning up this mess of being canceled but still also dealing with the debt that my husband's ex had left him with that we had still been trying to pill out every day that you wake up you feel like a you're crushing weight yeah you have this crushing weight you're still in the midst of a damn pandemic everybody's sick of it we're dealing with the debt we're trying to climb out of it we're consistently in it i don't care what anybody says how about some money doesn't make you happy yeah but when you don't have it you damn sure ain't happy either when you're struggling like it you know it, it can go both ways so it's just a very that that comment is just very i don't know point is though is that when i did when we did have money or we were struggling hard hardcore really hard it was like peddling in fucking molasses and it was hard it was mentally exhausting and so like i would just every night we would get drunk and we i would go live on facebook um just doing the most doing the most going on rant and like me <laughs> it was their convention that, that was coming up I think it was like celebrate or something. Celebrate, glow. Um, they've had two or three since we've. The point been out. being though is it was their first convention since the pandemic, and so they were having it, and everybody was like, "Well, that's odd." Well, it was the year of the pandemic, 2020. That what everybody was like, "Oh, that's odd," was because we all assumed, of course, that convention. Wait, no, it was canceled in 2020. 2021. It was 2021 that it happened. Yes, we had stopped drinking after that. The convention had happened. We weren't drinking anymore. Or we were, no, we were still drinking the night that the convention was going on because that was when we had our, that's when it all came to a head the, during the convention weekend that they were there. We were still drinking then. Of 2021, of 2021 by this point now. We'd been canceled and been out for a while and we didn't really keep up with paparazzi. So once he got canceled in July of 2020, when we got married, we were just kind of like continuing about our business, you know, running our own thing and not really paying attention to it. A year goes by in this time frame. That's where I was getting my well, because yeah, stuff I mean, well, confused. Because in that year, it was just a bunch of working, it, it was drinking, working, working drinking, working, drinking, working, drinking, working, drinking, drinking, a blur, peddling in molasses. So it just, I, I don't say it flew by like you're having fun. It was more of a, a blurred by, like I hardly remember any of that year. But uh, that too. night during convention, because I went live that night, Lord, honey, drunk as a fucking skunk and was just ranting about everything. Talk about my husband doesn't love me. Um, he wants his ex. And it wasn't the case. Obviously, I was just drunk as hell and I was mad. It was a point because every day, you know what's looming over you, which at the time was a debt. And it was just a continuous thing in my mind. Like no matter how hard and at the time too, again, the house that we live in, his ex was on it. And so it was this consistent reminder of everything. And even the house, I told him now we've remodeled so much, but every day it was a mental weight because I felt like I was existing in his ex's space. And so when I would get drunk, all those thoughts would come to my head. And I had went live that weekend. It was just so messy. And so after that, we stopped drinking, we started seeing all this stuff about the convention coming out. And it was like, oh, this person's sick and this person's sick. And it's like, well, that makes sense. We are in a pandemic and they did all go to a very large crowd other papa hun some of his ex-friends came on my tiktoks harassing me i i was laughing because i even said this is that papa mentality i sent one of them a cease and desist because <laughs> they kept coming on my tiktoks telling me that i was a drunk bitch and that all i did was drink and that i was an alcoholic and by this point i had stopped drinking so it really yeah and, and he only had like a month under his belt at the time it wasn't he... a lot it really got under my skin because i was like how dare you you little you know, it just, it really bugged me. And I don't, I'm not often to let people get under my skin enough to even 
say something or rebuttal back. But by this point, it was entertaining because these people, I'm telling you, they're like hornets. And the more you shake the nest, the more angry they get. And so it just got to a point where I was like, you know what, I'm a toy with them. And so I just kept going back and forth with them and they just kept on, kept on as many daggers as they could throw. I would just, you know, completely calm and relax back. And they were getting so damn mad about it. So all of this stemmed from you guys just watching what was happening with the convention and making commentary. It just sort of, they all reared their ugly heads again. So it started, yeah, we'd been kind of having our heads down a year. It went by convention happened. He and I had already been sitting at home watching this because, you know, we have a lot of this on our Facebooks and our timelines. And I'm not from the TikTok generation. I didn't even know about it until I met him. And he already had a big TikTok. Like, to me, what was big, he has like a lot. He's got like 37,000 on there. We had been talking about it and we were like, can you believe they're still having this convention? I mean, they had canceled the year before as they rightfully should have, because I don't think they had a choice because the whole world was shut down. At the time, didn't the Delta, it was the Delta? It was Delta that had just been found in the sewers there. Yeah, the Delta variant had just been announced in, in Las Vegas. In the And we're like, they're having this convention, really? Well, that was the first time we'd heard of a variant. I think Delta was the first time I remember hearing about a variant of COVID-19. I was like, oh, God, no, now it's mutated. Like, it's 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 changing shit. We Because, uh, oh, I remember, because we were still friends with all these Papa people, like, at the time, because this is during that year that's went by since he had got canceled. We're still friends with them. And I'd, you know, even been a lot of them were saying, Oh, we miss you, Andrew, and we'd love to meet Will, you know. Of course, not the a lot of the uplines, the elites, you know, they were all crosses, you know, stay away. But a lot of just the people, because I had always I was friends with everybody else. There was nobody to me that was a nobody, you know, even though a lot of them looked at them like that, like, oh, that's just one of the many peons, you know. I was always friends with with everybody and, and have maintained a good relationship with these people to this day. I still have a lot of customers that are that are consultants. We had planned member to go to Vegas. We were going to go to Vegas for the convention, not for it, but you know, he's never been to Vegas and we were going to go to Vegas. And I was like, and we can, I can let you meet so-and-so and so-and-so. And And there were a few elites I was still friends with. Like, so on the timeline, he and I are supposed to go to Vegas and then the new variant comes out and they start talking about how dangerous it is. And it could be even worse than the one before. And we're like, "Mm, we're going to have to cancel that. Like, there's no way I'm going to go and be, you know, like, because we weren't going to be at convention, obviously, we were just going to go and tour Vegas and meet up with some people that he's never met and that I haven't seen in, you know, a, a couple years. So we, we already go, oh, we're gonna have to cancel that shit. And they're probably going to end up canceling it anyways, because we had announced that we to, to a few of them, or I don't know if it's publicly or just talked to a few people but that we were coming to Vegas during that time, because it had to be like the end of July. Convention's always the end of July. I mean, pick the hottest damn month of the year to go to Vegas, where it's like being in a convection oven, but Vegas heat is different from anything I've ever felt. I'm used to that humid Florida, Alabama weather. Like, So we canceled that, and we said, well, they're probably going to cancel it anyway. Well, lo and behold, they don't cancel it. I'm like, surely to God, nobody's going to go to this. Well, but we not only did they not cancel it, but everybody went. I'm talking... One year lockdown, they were not having that. They was ready to get the hell out, girl. And God is my vaccine. I'm telling you, like, they came out in droves. That was, like, the most mass-attended 
convention I think they ever had. If I'm not mistaken, there were like 20 or 22,000 attendees. And we start seeing pictures on Facebook. And this is what's going on in the timeline here at our house in Florida. We're just scrolling and I'm like, Lord have mercy. Ain't no, not a one. Like you saw a few here and there with a mask on, but we're like, not a one. With, like, And you would see the elites and not only the elites. And I'm saying this completely because it's factual and we have screenshots of it. Because I'm like, don't come at me with no defamation bullshit because this happened and you are not going to whitewash it. The very founders of the company are, and they said in their policies, I saw the emails, we can produce those as well, that paparazzi uh, con consultants and corporate staff and everybody will be adhering to CDC guidelines, yada, yada, yada. Well, cut to the pictures on Facebook and Instagram from the convention Clearly not, because even the very founders of the company were pictured alongside consultants in many, many photos, not wearing a freaking mask one. The, all the top ranking elites are in pictures. There was like one that had a face shield on some of the time, but not in all of them, talking to each other about this is not going to be good. Like, mm -mm, this is, I just have a, you know, Will was saying, I have a bad feeling about this. Like, no, because I still, even more like the Walmart and stuff. Here, because they lifted all the restrictions here, and he'd be getting close to him. I'm like, honey, get back six feet. So when I saw that, I was like, what the hell? Like, what are they doing? <laughs> this ain't good. Mm -hmm. Not a hand sanitizer in sight. Yeah, I mean, so we're watching, and it's like, mm, this ain't looking good. I saw this sweet lady that I just adored that I'd never got to actually meet, but I felt like I had because she'd been on my former downline, Joy Gottschalk, and her husband, Don. They had been on my former downline. She was a frequent customer of Royal Emporium. She interacted with us and talked with us online. We, and I don't know why it was this when we were in the bathroom, but I remember go, like I go to the bathroom, get on Facebook, and I and or he would, I would hear him in there. He'd be on Joy Got Chalks Live. He'd be, and you would hear her. She was this sweet little old thing. Like she was just so cute. She'd be like, "Hey, Will." And Andrew, we yeah, love Good morning, Andrew. We like she was just this freaking ray of sunshine. Yeah, she was just precious. And she's like, Me and Don are gonna come and see you guys sometime. And we and I and I said this and meant this. Like, yeah, you know, you are always welcome. You can come and stay with us anytime. You know, if you want to come and see the beach, we got a house you can stay at for free, you know, because we live five minutes from Navarre Beach, which is like one of the most beautiful beaches on the Emerald Coast, right between Pensacola and Destin. It's we're like, you can come whenever you want and we'll go to the beach and because we just adored her. She was just precious and she was just always so sweet and supportive. And, you know, we weren't speaking out about paparazzi we had no reason we were kind of like all right well that part of our life's over time to move on we kind of keep it moving around here i saw joy there on the pictures she was in a wheelchair i feel like at that time being pushed around by her husband at convention there was of course not a mask on and and i remember she was at a party that you know my ex was still in paparazzi and threw a party to meet with his team members and he's photographed with her without a mask on at the time, I was just like, well, I pray everybody will be okay. Because, I mean, I mean, free will, you, you have the choice to put on the convention and they have the choice to go. Everybody starts getting home from the convention and we're thinking, you know, everything's okay. And within a, a few days of people getting home, you start seeing people posting, oh, feeling really sick, going to the ER, can't breathe, 
any kind of COVID-y sounding symptom. Who did we see getting sick first? Temple. I'll never forget that name either. And I didn't even know this girl. Temple Masters came down with COVID and she's uh, really sick in the hospital. And at the time we're, you know, commenting, praying for you, sweetie, you know, I don't even know her and I'm, but I'm hearing about it through the paparazzi grapevine and I'm keeping her in our prayers. And cause you know, I may cuss, I still pray. That's where I, I was raised. Like I believe in God. I talk to God all the time. I may not be the perfect example of what some people think are a Christian, but I believe in to do unto others as you would have them do unto you kind of the golden rule and I just kind of live by that you know if I'm not hurting anybody else it's none of their damn business what I'm doing I'm not going to do anything that I wouldn't want done to me to someone else anyway we're praying for her and uh and then we get the news that she's really quickly that she's passed away didn't know this girl but I'll forever remember her name Temple Masters I remember because I've seen it posted over and over and over and shared so many people and I don't know, she may have been the first, but she wasn't the last. Well, then Miss Joy comes down with COVID. And there were many more that were dropping like flies during this time period. Me and Will are just like, see, they shouldn't have even had this. Ugh. And it still maddens me to this day because they've never once taken responsibility for it whatsoever, never said a damn thing about it. But where I really got burned up and fired up was when Miss Joy got sick. And then she's on the ventilator. And then her husband, Don, gets sick. We're even, I'm messaging him here and there, trying to check on them. And, you know, because we actually did care about these people. They were never, oh, they're a moneymaker on my former downline there, or just a customer to Royal Emporium. Like I said, Will will be in the morning on her live talking to her. Like, and and we actually care about these people and and what they're going through. And they actually... I can still hear her voice in my head. I still remember how her little hand would shake when she'd be holding jewelry. She was just precious and cute, you know? So when she died, that actually really did affect me, which is crazy because like I said, I never even met her in real life, but I felt like I knew her and it affected Will. Like he just loved Joy as much as you could love somebody you've never got to hug and wrap your arms around. And that really broke my heart and broke our hearts. And, and it really lit a fire and pissed us off because paparazzi a has never taken any responsibility has never said a damn word about the deaths they've never acknowledged them they literally deleted them from their website they deleted their replicated website they didn't ever do a in memorial or memorandum or whatever for any of these people and there were like 16 or 17 people who died after attending that convention within two weeks to a month. I mean, it was just bam, bam, bam. People were just dropping like flies. And that was already shocking enough. But when Joy died, that's just what really sent a fire under us both. And the fact they, to this day, have never said in memory of the fallen consultants, and they don't even have to say uh, of convention 2021, in memory of them after our convention. They don't even have to say that but they never even acknowledged the fact that they were a part of their organization that like it or not did make up that meant something and it it meant a hell of a lot more to those people than those people meant to the corporation and they still never have even acknowledged the fact that they existed and they are dead now and so we started speaking out about this and the huns started coming for us what really burns me up is they like to go they had a choice 
they chose to attend convention. That's just the consequences of their own choices. And I'm like, well, that must be really fucking high and mighty of you to, to say that, especially considering you were also in attendance. Did God just not find you suitable to die and go to heaven too? Why were you so good that you got to live or were they too good for this world and they had to go? What's your way of, of rationalizing this to make you feel better? What? Why did Joy have to, do you think she was too good for this world and she's blessed that she got to go to heaven? Do you think it was feeling really blessed while she was on a ventilator with an art line stuck in her wrist or her femoral artery and had a tube down her throat to help her breathe until she couldn't anymore? Even with all of that intervention, is that what happens to the good? Are you really going to make this a religious thing right now? Why didn't you die? Huh? Was she more blessed or were you? Because that just burns my ass up. And she had a choice, blah, blah, blah. And she's somewhere better anyway. And I'm like, whatever it takes to make you sleep better at night, Carol. And that's just a made up name. I'm, I don't know anybody named Carol and paparazzi, but I'm just saying it just boiled my freaking blood to the brim. All of that, the lack of, of any kind of accountability, responsibility, acknowledgement, they say they had a choice. You're right. They did have a choice. And you know who else had a choice? Misty, Shani, Ryan, Trent. You had a choice. You, the owners, and calling yourselves the founders. How fucking cringe is that? Gross. How culty and gross is that? You founders, you had a choice. You own the company. You could have canceled the event. It would have cost you money. Yeah, because you make a shitload every time you go and release convention exclusive jewelry that only those in attendance can get. Sure, whatever. But you had a choice. They had a choice. They could have not done that. And I'm sorry, as a multi, probably billion dollar corporation, you don't leave a choice up to a bunch of brainwashed people that idolize paparazzi and that have probably saved all year just to be able to afford a plane ticket in a measly shitbag hotel room that they couldn't even afford, probably most of them, just to go and hope they get a chance to be graced by your presence and get a selfie with you and buy your cheap jewelry? that is allegedly not nickel and lead free anyway, duh, just disgusts me, disgusts me. You are the multi-billion dollar corporation. I look at it like this. You're like a parent and a child. You are the parent, okay, in this equation. You are literally so successful. You're smart enough because it does take smart sometimes to be very business savvy and successful and know, because I mean, when you're on a pyramid schemery level, that's, you're not only smart, you're very manipulative. You are very exactly. intelligent. You're intelligent. There's no doubt you wouldn't get where you are had you not been intelligent. Is that necessarily benevolent intelligence? <laughs> no, but you are intelligent and you don't give these people these normal, ordinary, non-billionaire people, the choice. You don't. You don't give them the choice. But of course, if there's something or someone they idolize and they have the chance to go and be in the same room with them, consequences be damned. They're going to do it. They're also being told that their business depends on it. If they don't go, they won't have access to the new spring palette and lines and they won't get to see it first and show it to their customers and 
yeah, all of that nonsense. They've been coaxed into going that they must go. If they're serious about their business, they'll be at convention. Oh, you're not serious if you don't go. And so of course they're gonna go. Of course they're gonna go. If they're not going to fangirl over people that are normal everyday people or the founders, air quotes here, then they're going because they've been brainwashed into believing they need to go. So at the end of the day, my message for all of them is they had a choice, sure, because you gave them one in the first place. You should not have given them the choice. I'm so fired up about it still to this day. And I'm like, you don't give them a choice. Don't. It's your responsibility as the multi-billion dollar corporation that has logistical people and people, public relations and health probably advisors to realize, oh, there's a new variant of a deadly virus that's previously not been existent in humans that doesn't need, you don't need to hold an event and pack 20,000 people into an arena together. That's just not responsible. It's not good business. It's not a good look. The whole aspect, like that whole convention, everything, how it was handled, the tragedy, the devastation, the aftermath, the erasing of the history, and just the whole entire thing is just sickening. And I think probably one of the bigger MLM tragedies. It's just, I can't believe it even happened. And I can't believe that paparazzi still hasn't owned up to it. Not at all. I have, I got, this is what's going to be blow your freaking mind because everybody's trying to get to the top to be an elite, to be a 0.01%. Alexa, what percent of 20,000 is 16? 16 is 0.08% of 20,000. 0.08%. So I'm going to just put this out here. So what everybody's reaching for that's really scary you're more likely to die at that convention from COVID than you are to ever become an elite, at least a 0.01% elite. Some of them, if you look at the pay scale, are 0.02, 0.04. Is that not a profound thought? Like 0.08% is a, a roundabout percentage of how many of the deaths compared to the attendees. There were like, what, 20,000, I think, maybe 22, I don't know. You can't even become a fashionista, which is the second or ninth rank, and it's the second elite rank. 0.23% of consultants are fashionista, 0.23% of the company. 0.08% of the company, which is the same amount that died from COVID, is A-lister. So you can become an A-lister and have that much likelihood of being uh, an elite. And that's not even one of the upper level elites. That's like a 10 to 15,000 commission check, which is a lot, but compared to all these 40, 60, 200 plus thousand a month. Yeah, if you wanna be a 0.01%, that's a Lux Jet Setter and above. That's what they always say. I'm in the 0.01% of the company. You are eight times more likely <laughs> to have to have contracted COVID and perished that year than to become that. I mean, that's just really profound to me. That's very staggering. Mm-hmm. Wow. I guess going forward in the timeline, when Joy died is when everything changed and our blood began to boil. And we um, were talking to um, Tracy Reed, who's still a friend of ours today. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. 
Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast and my advocacy at The Real Roberta Blevins. You can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes. And if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought, oh my God, I have a story just like that that needs to be told, hit me up, therealrobertablevins at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans. Thank you.